We'll go on then. All right, here we go. I oh, know it's very hard to start something. Like I know. You, you know, like if you haven't had sex for a while with your partner, and then you sort of don't know how to. You like can't remember what you're doing. Oh yeah, you can, <laughs> but you just don't know how to. It's make like that... fuck it. I'll take my own clothes off. <laughs> how do you make that first move? Um, yeah, I, I had I had a gig away, uh, another cruise, but um, out in the South Pacific and. I still, the, the plane travel thing, I know every comic does jokes about plane travel. I think it's become a, beyond a joke now. Like things where you go to check in at international and you have to weigh everything. And then you go through the gate and you go to duty free and you can buy a whole bunch of shit, which is going to go on the plane with you. It doesn't yeah, make, it's a money making scam, sense. isn't it? The whole thing. Mm, it doesn't make sense. I quite like flying though. Flying's easy. I love yeah. sitting around at airports and sitting around on planes. Easy. You, you got short legs. I got longer legs, which is. I got, got long fight. legs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty tall. Well, not like yeah. I'm not over six foot. Yeah. I'm, I'm about mm. six three, six four, depending on the audition. But yeah, um, that's too much legs. Yeah. So I've always got to fight to get exit rows or leg rooms. And I was on a plane the other day, and they said we're going to put you behind first class. Fight, otherwise known as pay an extra twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This one I didn't. They said, "Oh, we can put you behind like row three. and I've got a picture of it, and it's like it, it, it was the same width of all the other rows. I had no, there was no difference. And then that, that was the little curtain that came across, and actually the curtain sat in front of my face, in between my screen and my face was the curtain for the the uh, first class section or the business class section. Oh, you sat there being sad that you're not in there. Oh, yeah. With sore knees. For, for the first time I've bid on, you know, you get that thing you can bid for an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, I'm, an, I'm away this week. I bid the lowest possible amount in yeah. the hope that I will get business class. What's the lowest? Like 100, isn't it, usually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Depending on the depending on how far it is. So it was only... And depending on what the flights are, sometimes business class is not really, no. you know, like if it's only an hour flight, mm. just... Cop it. Yeah. Although, if you're going to sit in a plane, they need to make planes that you can fit in, don't they? You have to be able to fit your yeah. legs in. But even the train, like the other day too, after I landed, I get the train home, and those seats now that you you, you know they move them back and forth depending on which direction you're going to. There's if if you have them facing each other, there's zero leg room for people mm. facing each other. It, it doesn't work unless yeah. you're like an amputee maybe, and you're resting up. Yeah, on or you go like. Chair. Leg, your leg, their yeah. leg, like you have to yeah. interlock your legs, which oh, is yeah. not comfortable with strangers. No. <laughs> That's too, it's too much. It's too is much. It? And I'm a leg crosser. And so I like, I like having my legs crossed, which I know it's not good for your posture, but yeah, there's nowhere to swing your, swing your foot. Uh, this week's guest, um, now he's a, an actor uh, that we're going to get into and, and uh, reveal his story shortly, but he's been in so many TV productions. Uh, and and as you read through them, you sort of remember that all these shows were on at a great time of Australian television, like Water Rats and Blue Healers, Police Rescue. Uh, he did the musical uh, Shout. The that was when TV was came. good. Yeah, mm. they, were, they were actually investing in dramas. I guess they yeah probably didn't have that. I know none, nobody in, in, invests in comedy at all on TV. Really, we have no sketch shows. But then again, we've talked about that in the past with, with people. Janet King, Rake, uh, he's played a lot of criminals. So I always look at him a bit like our, maybe our Willem Dafoe of Australia sometimes. I, I can see that in his characters. And his- I don't know who William Dafoe is. 
I know you are you gonna get angry at me? I know. Soon you realize that I don't know very much, Darren. I'm just the chick on the podcast that's <laughs> <laughs> just here going, oh no, I have no idea who you're talking yeah. about. At least you're honest. At least you're honest. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't yeah. pretend. Mm, yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. See what you think in it. Well, listen to listen Yeah, to no, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. What do you mean you're looking forward to it? We've already recorded it. No, this is the intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, looking forward forward to, I'm looking forward to listening to what we talked actually, about. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, because by the time it gets to the end, you forget. Oh, now we got to we got to do a heads up to that. This was this podcast was in two parts. Um, we did have a bit of a failure the first time recording it. The the, the internet was it wasn't slow. a failure. It was a challenge. Yeah, and and we got over it, and all will be revealed in the end of of why it happened and and how it happened. Um, that's a big teaser, isn't it? Just to get people to listen. Why was it yeah. fucked up? You'll find out in the end. Yeah, we fucked it up. Yeah. It actually wasn't really that fucked up. It was fine. Yeah, in the end, it was all great. And uh, anyway, let's have a listen to Terry. Well, I'm, I'm here with Terry already, but unfortunately, Vanessa has had to take a phone call. This is how important you are to her, Terry, that she's found it more important to go and get a phone call while we've got our guests waiting. I mean, well, I mean, you know, some people are addicted to their iPhones. You know, they just cannot, like any, you know, five or ten minutes without a, without you know access to their device, they get very anxious. Was Vanessa looking anxious at all when she when she sort of spirited herself away? I knew she was keen to get this phone call, so that uh, must be an important <laughs> one. It's not like she's gone over just to scan Instagram and look at photos and look at that sort of stuff. You sure, or... you sure? Because I I have I have seen that happen. Oh, me too. No, I mean, I'm not saying this. You know, but I'm amazed sometimes with people. They, they kind of do. They, they, they are so addicted to the device mm. um, that that even like a, a ten minute gap without being able to kind of just check surreptitiously mm. is uh, anathema. They say Twitter is uh, more addictive than cigarettes now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had a real thing with Twitter for a while. You know, like I spend a lot, quite a lot of time trying to bring down the government. So, yeah. as were a lot of people on Twitter, and thankfully it worked. Um, mm. and, and you know, of course, Twitter now is despised by everyone from um, um, Fox News to you know the yeah. Murdoch media overall, or the print media, even down to the ABC. The ABC journalists are now starting to call quit Twitter the kind of like, like the sewer. Of 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 um, yeah. communication, quitter, but, quitter. It, but but actually, it's an incredibly powerful tool, and in fact, it was probably one of the reasons through citizen journalists and really solid research from citizen journalists that they brought down that bunch of fakery, faker that faker government, the Morrison yeah. crowd. You know, yeah. Well, both, both I mean, here and I, mean, I don't know what too. your viewers yeah. are like, but I'm a lefty. I'm shamelessly a left lefty. <laughs> no, we we're all. Uh... I don't say all inclusive, but fucking common sense goes a long way, doesn't it? Common sense is a commodity that we don't seem to use a lot of these mm. days. And Australians used to be so full of common sense and ideas. You know, they yeah. unfortunately a lot of a lot of our great ideas people in Australia have had to ship their talents overseas. I mean, whether they're they're scientists or inventors or, or creators of technology. You know, they, they, they've just all gone, well, unless, you, you know, I've got an inventor friend here in Sydney who, who's a, he's very successful. And he said, he calls me Tell. He said, Tell, 
unless you can dig it out of the ground or grow it, they don't want to know. It sounded like something investors. from the Minder. It was the Minder, wasn't he, Tell? Well, he he was he's originally from England, yeah. Venice, Mark, I'm so we, sorry. We, no, no, we, we started without you, but it was all explained and you listened to what we Good. said. You listened to what just, we said when you listened back to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just throw in me going, oh, every now and then. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah do a few of those now. And, yeah. uh, oh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> perfect. And then do it. Mm, do it. Perfect. Mm, what the, mm. Just going to do it. <gasps> Was there one of these? <gasps> really? And, and, and you should probably do just to be safe. You might not want to do, what the fuck? Yeah, you're WTF. fucking kidding me. <laughs> WTAF. Yeah. We could hmm. start our, our regular thing. So we know, we know Terry's here. Terry, Vanessa, Vanessa, Terry. But uh, we'll start off in our usual format of uh, me trying to give Vanessa a few clues where uh, Terry Cherio was born. This city has the largest inner city park in the world. It is also... Uh, the city's tallest building is called Central Park, which is the 12th tallest building in Australia. Uh, 80% of the state lives here. It is the fourth most popular city in Australia. Afternoon, they get a visit from the doctor. Nothing yet. I can tell by the look on your face. A visit from the doctor? Yeah. Is that, no. a, is that a cryptic? Are we doing the cryptic? Cri- I hate no, cryptic no, crossword no, no. puzzles. They you, give you me the shits. I'm, I'm guessing you don't Be like real clues. You don't like cricket, do you? No, I hate cricket. Okay, well, that'll okay. It is actually, I, I used to think this was the most isolated city in the world, but it's not. It's the second most isolated city in the world. The first is Honolulu. So this is the second. The first most, is Honolulu. Yeah, that's the most isolated uh, city in the world because of the uh, really? the distance from, well, in the middle of the ocean, I guess. So it's further away from other parts of where this city is. Yeah, but uh, we cl- Oops, I nearly gave it away. You can give your own clues when I'm still stuck. Yeah, okay. Other notable, uh, okay, here's here's some other actors that were were actually born there. Heath Ledger and Judy Davis. It is the only place in the world where you will find quokkas. Not Darwin. That feels too easy. Okay, it is notable for the high proportion of British and Irish I feel like I just saw quokkas somewhere recently. Well, have you been? They they actually are only on one part of, and they are from one small island. Called Rotmest Island, I'm. I believe. Oh. Which is actually, in in Dutch, I think it means rat's nest. Gross. Why would you be born there? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm I'm on the mainland, not on the island. I'm the mainland city. The the, uh, rot nest is a a major holiday destination, and it was fabulous for many years because there were no, nothing like resorts there. Yeah, before it got ruined. Yeah, everyone everyone went there, and whether you were super wealthy or super poor, you all mingled together in this ridiculously casual holiday destination with no cars or yeah, nice. restaurants or cafes or you know just people just just to fish and barbecue. The city sits along the Swan River. Sure. I'm really. We should have done this game the other way around. I'm so shit at geography. Unless I've been there, I don't know about it. Have I been there? I don't know if you've been there. How would I know if you've been uh, there? It's the city. Let me most- give you another hint. The Perth. The- Did you say Perth? <laughs> Did you say Perth? <laughs> Done. Perth. I'm go- I'm finally going there in January. You, you, had me- you had to ask me this next year. I would have been all over it. Yeah, yeah. Still not. I was about still to not say been. the America's Cup was held there with at, with when Bondi made the famous comment. You know nah, that wouldn't help me. Or or even Bob Hawke said, "If you don't give your workers a day off tomorrow, you're a bum." Yeah. <laughs> that was the defense of the America's Cup. 
And then, I, but I looked around because yes. most yeah. of that was around uh, Fremantle or Fremantle, so I didn't want to put that into yeah. this part because I know that um, Bond Scott's got that, a statue con- there. It gets confusing too because a lot of people know Fremantle, but they don't realise that they're kind of like a they're they're the one city really, mm-hmm. you know. And the doctor that comes in in the afternoon is the the wind. Ah. It's the free the, Fremantle, the doctor. Fremantle doctor comes in from the Fremantle side. So if you're playing cricket there, it may help or not help the bowler. I'm really not sure. Why? Yeah, why is it called the doctor? I don't get it. Because it, it, because it, it goes from being absolutely stinking hellishly hot to cool breeze coming in and okay, calming everyone down from murderous rage, heat stroke. Yeah, right. To a cool, calm. Dose of medication. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's exactly it's like Xanax on a on a breeze. There you go. <laughs> yeah, nice. Now let's. Uh, we, we've got you here to talk about. Oh dear, bit. hang on. S- two, two secs. Oh, Jasper, I'll call you back. Your agent. Kind of. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, well, my, my my band booking guy. Okay. Well, you should have yeah, should have taken cool. the call. It's a gig. It's a gig. Yeah. Taken the call. Priorities. Yeah, we could have done that. We could have. That would have been a little bit of kind of you know um, fly on the wall stuff for your listeners. Yeah. That's Terry you negotiating a gig. gig. Well, you'd be yeah, better at yeah. negotiating than I am. Handle. I know that. Now, as I said, you're <laughs> well, thankfully right. for my acting work, I have a, an agent who does that. So you know, because I'm terrible at selling myself. A lot of artists are, I think. A lot of performers. I'm too good very, at it. Very bad. <laughs> yeah, well, we, <laughs> that's because you're stubborn. You're like me, uh, Vanessa. You're going to you're going to burn all your bridges <laughs> yeah. in the first two years, and then you'll be <laughs> yeah. Then, then you'll be struggling for the rest of your life, wondering why you fucking got nowhere. Yeah. But, stubborn and up my own ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't say what? I was up It's my so own dark arc. up here. What's up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I said oh, I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to. I'm happy to claim that. Let's talk about your music first, since that was your uh, your agent calling so you about yeah, music. No, I, I, I'm loving the analogy. It's good. <laughs> you, you've got a Are you having of... a cup of warm milk? No, this is just a latte. Ah, oh, it's boring. Mm. Got excited. I thought that's really rock star, isn't it? Cup of warm milk, get you going. <laughs> No, no, it's just uh, one of my just it's, it's one of my few remaining uh, active addictions. You're not a drinker? Oh no, I used to drink uh, a lot, and uh, I gave it away because uh, when I drink, doors appear, and I do go through them. Yeah, me and too. Don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes disappear for days, weeks. How long have you not drank for? Oh, years now, about uh, yep. nearly twenty years. Yeah, good on you. But I was nearly dead, you know. I had a good reason yeah. to stop, you know. I kind of, I, because I, it, 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 uh, it invited me into the world of uh, narcotics, and uh, that was a dangerous place for me to, for someone with no off button to go into uh, to dangerous world. It's pretty common for creatives, though, isn't it, to stop? Like I think a lot of people uh, in any kind of you know acting, music, comedy roles seem to decide if I'm going to do the craft, I've got to cut it out. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, you know, I, again, I, I I had a call from my agent once, and I'd, he had had a few calls from various sets I was work, working on, um, with some fairly damaging reports, and he, allu- you know, alluded to these um, in kind of fairly sane and direct detail, and uh, I kind of <laughs> went into a bit of a like. Oh, but I don't know what they're talking about. Bit of denial. If you get, if you get the well, well, I, you know, the the accusation I 
I I said was inaccurate because they said I was pinned and I, my eyes were fully dilated. And then he said, and when he said I couldn't, he wouldn't be able to represent me anymore if he, I continued down this road. I went, oh, okay, well. And this is one of the top agents in Australia, you know. So I, he knew then that I was in a very uh, had, compromised. Had to make a choice. Yeah, yeah. Good on yeah. you. Well, that that was all, you know, fine. I didn't really have any intention to stop until I was dragged out of a primary therapy group in the sent to and uh they said that the girl who tried to save my life and was actually out cleaning my room had been pricked with a syringe from under the bed and i had my blood results had to be sent to another doctor to, to determine whether she had aids hep c blah blah you know all of these things for the results of which you wouldn't know for months um that was the that was the turning point for me where i realized I'd spent my life with the buildings tumbling behind me. That was a uh, a defining moment of uh, epiphany, I suppose. Do you think with yeah. dr drugs early on in a career, when you start a career, that it's something that you believe opens up your portal to, to acting um, and maybe lowers your... You, you, you see it as a creativity enhancement to begin with, mm. you know, to have kind of a mind expanding, all sorts of, you know, the various drugs do various things, but... You certainly don't ever see yourself as becoming a victim of them. You know, I always thought I was bulletproof and capable and strong enough physically and mentally to rise above anything that um, a drug could throw at me. Um, that how proved to be not the case. How long were you uh, using for or partying for? Oh, for, for years and years, since I was about yeah. sort of, you know, 17. You know, and, and again, I had no intention of stopping really, you yeah. know, until that incident in, in the rehab. And I got, again, you know, I, I sadly, I have to tell this to some people that, that unless they do have something like a defining incident like that, um, it is often very, very difficult to stop. You, you know, you've seen it with people who, who, who drink, you know, like you kind of go, I know, I, I know guys that drink and that, you that just drink, you know, yeah. and, and it's so socially acceptable. And yet I look at them and for the last 10 or 15 years. My girlfriend's upstairs watching porn or something on using all the fucking Wi-Fi. I don't know. Oh, that'd be why. Yeah. That'd yeah. be why. Just checking out so, what you've been looking at, you pervert. <laughs> well, you know, of course, your, yeah. your, your, um, your internet connection is being overused, Darren. And this is where we now go to day two of the interview. After yesterday's uh, break that... Um, this is uh, this is looking and sounding a lot better. You actually grew up in is it Wongan Hills? It, Wongan Hills, yeah. Wongan Hills. Okay. How far out of Perth is that? Uh, about just over two hours. Oh, it's a fair way. And Wongan Hills meant windy hills. Um, yeah, that was an indigenous word. So there were kind of hills right up at the back of the farm, kind of thing. You know, mm. black volcanic hills. So pretty amazing. What sort of farm was it? Uh, wheat and sheep mainly. And, Did you uh, have motorbikes you... and stuff? Yeah, sort of. You know, well, I didn't have a motorbike, but I had, a, had my first car when I was 10. And uh, that was an old, you know, wreck, unlicensed thing. But, you know, we used to race them, me and my neighbours, the neighbours' kids, we used to race them around the paddocks and around the little lakes and things like that, you know, kind of. So I learned to drive with a, you know, cushion up against my back, you know, so I could be far enough forward to, to reach the pedals. 
Nice. But, but it was a it was a tiny little car, like an old British car called a Flying Standard, and it was uh, suicide doors that opened that way, you know. Very, very odd car, but so much fun. There was a lot of that when I was growing up, um, the demolition derby type things and uh, the speedways. Are they? I'm not sure if even they're, they're still around. I think there's one out near Parramatta, yeah. but I don't know if it's working. We could just go and watch people. Smash cars. Smash up cars, yeah. yeah. I don't know whether the demolition derby, but probably I'm sure it happens in the States, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, there's, no, they still have them know. here in Lismore. At Do the they? end of, um, yeah, at the end, over summer they have a fair, well, we didn't have them because of all the floods uh, last summer, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, at the end of, you know, they have one night that the monster trucks will be the showcase after oh, yeah. the races. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, 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 one night they always have the demolition derbies where it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. So good. It's like dodging cars for people who are off their chops. Do they do the Malachi Crunch? The Malachi? Is it a move, is it? Don't tell me you don't know what the Malachi Crunch is. Terry, you know what the Malachi Crunch is? I have got no idea what that is. You never watched Happy Days? The Malachi Uh, brothers used to, uh, I think that's... uh, I think that's how they're almost going to kill Fonzie on one of the episodes. They did the Malachi Crunch where the two cars, his car was... Was broken down in the middle of the Malachi crunches. The two come either side, and that's good. I like that. There's a name for it. I don't know why I remember that's... all that shit. Like when you're like all those TV yeah. programs, I remember as a kid watching. On the topic of cars, then, well, we can talk about your first film, uh, yeah. running on running on empty, because it is a bit of a, it's become a bit of a cult film. Like, like a lot of those films, I think in the '80s, people like to reminisce about all those now too. And uh, it was a it was a good era yeah. of Australian movies when uh, when yours was made. Uh, I think that was yeah. 80, 82 was um yeah look it's weird it's I mean running on empty was one of those films that was not the the industry didn't realize it was happening but it opened worldwide you know it opened in just about every country sometimes under a different title you know it ran for some months at cinemas uh, around Australia but the industry um was kind of a bit embarrassed by the fact that like films like Mad Max and running on empty were um, about sort of cultural iconography like cars. There were a lot of very worthy films being made at the same time that weren't particularly good. And as a result, they haven't actually sustained any kind of cult status whatsoever other than kind of like a, just they're on lists of, of films. But, you know, the, the in 2018, the first Running an Empty festival happened and there was like 5,000 people in a town extra in a town of 5,000. So, you know, about 10,000 people there with about 1,000 show cars from all over Australia. It was like a religious cult. Mm. You know? Where was it, I, Terry? Which town? A place called Cobart, which is oh. a big mining town out in, uh, well, it's a, a mining centre for, you know, um, iron ore or something, copper. I've got a wonderful trophy. Cobart is a town, central western New South Wales. Uh, yeah. Its economy is based mainly upon base metals and gold mining. Yeah. Um, and this yeah, is look, the trophy they gave me. Look at this. What a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... Um, oh, it's, it's engraved. Signed by Gina Reinhardt. <laughs> Terry Serio in appreciation from the people of Cobar. This piece of copper rock comes from the CSA mine Cobar level 8670 Drive 410, approximately 1,900 metres below the surface. That's a long way. You know, there's a lot of locals there who are kind of like, 
you know, I grew up in a country town that had poets, artists, people that made art out of, you know, they'd weld shit, they'd go to the tip and find bits and pieces and make things. It's all what there's always a kind of a, a, a notion that that a lot of country people are kind of kind of just just bogans, you know. Um, and that's just simply not the case. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of, a, it's, it's amazing because if once you go to country towns, you realize that the range and types of people are, it's kind of extraordinary, really. It's just a I mean, the version. main woman who ran Cobar was this woman who'd been the mayor for years and years and years. And years. She was tough as nails and she was powerful. You know, she, she, lobbied politicians and and when she died i mean I, she came very close to a state funeral you know she was so loved it was it was kind of amazing and this is a woman in a man's town it was uh, pretty extraordinary be good uh, good um good movie yeah well she 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 was a real real character you know and well loved in the community because she did so much you know she was tireless and you know but yeah i looked it's funny the the cobar thing i was on the there, there were like you know this 5000 people at this at the oval and uh, everyone was you know you know ranting around and you know rubbernecking and you know having conversations and someone handed me a microphone and the crowd Went silent. Wow, that's awesome! That's power. Yeah, I wish it they- was. It was like I should have started my cult, <laughs> my own personal <laughs> cult, right there and then. They've a um, said- they, they have Chrome Fest or, uh, up here on the coast every year. It got yeah. rained out again. It, it, I've been, obviously had a couple of years off, and it was back this year. And all the car enthusiasts go down there. Some there's some beautiful cars, and they're just so solid. You know, you look at the bumper bars now, but they, how they used to be, and just, yeah, just yeah. the structure of them would just, you know, they, they would just look like if you you wouldn't be able to, you know, if you're in an accident, they're not going to fold. Uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of money involved too, you know, mm. like the like the the um, there was a '57 Chev this year at, at the at the at the running on empty festival just gone that uh, would have been worth 350 to 400 grand, you know, um, and and that's not including all the labour that that put into this thing, you know. I mean, it's a um, just a just a work of art, really. Yeah. I mean, well, when the when the hoods are up, you look in there and you can actually see all the parts of the engine. And you, and I remember being a kid. I'm not very mechanical at all, but you always had a go at doing something, whether it's just spark yeah. plugs or yeah. changing oil and that. You look at it. You lift the bonnet now, and you just what the heck? It's just looks like I don't know what it looks like now. But I can't differentiate between the, all the all the pieces. I know where to put the water in for the the wipers. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. No one does everything. You you just you plug a car in now. Mm. You know, mm. you know, a lot of mechanics don't actually do anything. They can change light bulbs, headlamps, you know, mm. but um, everything else is done by computer mm. and sometimes remotely, you know, like, for instance, if you've got a Mercedes truck and you're stuck on the highway, they contact you via, you know, by, via the internet and fix the problem on the road crazy. With, without anyone ever, ever actually arriving. Now you, you had a song. You had a song in Running on Empty. So how long have you been singing or, or playing, writing music for? Well, for years. You know, like I um, I started writing when I was in a band called The Elks. That, you know, that was, that was my first touring band where we first started to tour from Western Australia to Melbourne, Victoria, Melbourne and Sydney and Queensland and, you know, We'd play 300 dates a year, 
it was, uh, and sometimes, you know, often we'd be doing three gigs in a day, you know, it was just kind of, it was a crazy time for music because everyone went out and saw Australian bands, you know, mm. it was, it was, it was that simple. Venues were packed, business was huge, you know, you know, I worked at FBI radio for quite a while and, you know, you'd hear interviews where they'd say, oh, gee, you guys are doing really well. You've got two gigs this week and <laughs> and, 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 and next week you've got a, a, a one and then a two after that. It's just going off. <laughs> you're like, oh, gosh. Yeah. The singing obviously helped you get a few other gigs because some of your acting has yeah. involved singing. Uh, the thing I remember yeah. is, uh, is the series Shout. I'm not sure. Was that a stage? Did that become a stage show, or was it a? It was, um, yeah, there was a stage show one point, version but, of it, but I did the mini series. It was a yeah. two-part mini series on Channel Seven. I guess the J J O K story is is an interesting one. Like we haven't really had too many of those uh, those type of singers. No. <clears throat> led the way in Australia, I guess, with that. Yeah, with he that. did, and he did, and he was on the Ed Sullivan show, and mm. you know, actually, he actually was. I think he was one of the first acts that. Um, went to the States and had some degree of success. It's always very hard to get um, any form of um, airplay in the US. I know you did Keating, the musical. You played yeah. Bob Hawke. Is there much uh, as an Bob actor? Bob Hawke and John Howard. Oh, you played Bob and John Howard. Yeah, well, that's why I developed quite a relationship with Paul Keating because he got so he was so chuffed by my Howard performance that he... Um, uh, in some ways, he enjoyed the show more for the Howard part of it than the fact that it was about him. Such was his loathing for Howard, you know. Right. Um, and I, <clears throat> I remember after the Melbourne opening night, you know, I he came up on stage. It was like some weird, you know, one of those <laughs> German rallies. You know, it was like everyone's on their feet and screaming and yelling and waving and. And he was on stage at the comedy theater, and uh, I said to him, "Hey, listen, um, we, you know, if you want to uh, come around through the dressing room and up the back stairs to get to the opening night party uh, up in the upstairs bar, uh, you can come around that way if you like." He said, "Yeah, sure." And we got backstage, and he grabbed me and he put his arm around my neck, and he <laughs> goes, "Mate, you put the boot into him tonight." We can see the fake. We can see the fake. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, is, this is Keating the musical we're talking about. That was um, yeah, 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 and uh, and me doing the Howard thing, and and um, it was very funny because uh, I was I was I was kind of thrilled because I, I got invited as the only non-family member to a Christmas and an Easter at wow. their joint in in Malara, and uh, and of course got to you know be shown around the the house and all of the you know the architectural variances and kind of subtleties of the of the of the period of the house of that period you know mm. it was because uh, he was a full bottle on so much stuff you know from a guy from Bankstown yeah um god he was uh he was a just a naturally uh clever and intellectually inquisitive guy you know mm. very very interesting. Never, never, never bored with somebody in someone's company like that because he's always, you know, got something riveting yeah. to say. You know, yeah, you did, and um... then he'll fall back some occasionally <laughs> on his, you know, on his fully 
Westy roots, you know. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't uh, he wasn't short of a uh, expletive when he needed it. The last show I saw you was Dubbo Championship Wrestling, where again yeah. you you were singing. Your your character was uh, pretty rough yeah. and tumbled, but uh, I, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed the show. Mate. Yeah, it was a show yeah, that yeah. I saw that I thought again when you see these things, you think how come more people can't see it? The music was great. It was a it was a you know, it was enjoyable. It was yeah, it was yeah. just a well, good. It I was mean, a good show was... all around. It was well well presented. It was it was really interesting. And you just you do you come out frustrated for for obviously the producers, the actors, everybody else to go. Man, how do you, how does this get out bigger than than just here? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's um I mean, for the for the Hayes Theatre where it was first opened and then the, an extended two weeks at the Riverside it was pretty much sold out all the time. It was mm. ridiculous, really. I mean, I. Um, but it may have legs. I couldn't understand why they didn't immediately transfer it to Dubbo itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought um, the same. I, I had friends out Orange and Orange and Dubbo, which would have appreciated. Uh, well, absolutely. <laughs> there was that wonderful, uh, you know, uh, Dubbo Orange competition. You know, often yeah. a, a speech would be kind of bookended with "fuck Orange." Yeah, and you, and you can <laughs> you can actually listen to it on online. That the concept. Soundtrack, yeah, it is online, YouTube um, or somewhere, but it just it just misses the storyline throughout it, so it's a bit hard to follow if you just yeah, listen to that. And it, and it's, it's a bit, and it got mm. they got to it before the actors put into the character in it, to yeah. it, you know, so it's a bit of you know, like yeah. it's um, it, it, it was a promotional tool yeah. that was probably money poorly spent, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and did you have to actually wrestle in it? Or was it just a little, the... bit, of, little bit of wrestling? Yeah, got myself yep. a shoulder injury, which I'm still recovering from. Proud uh, of it. To this, going to see this. He's a real wrestler. <laughs> oh, really? Fuck yeah. Well, this is not the first <laughs> wrestling show I've done. I did a wrestling show called Trafford Tansy at the Seymour Centre some years ago, and and that was full on. That was actually full on wrestling. Um, full on is in but, WWF style, though. Like still the. Yeah, yeah, we're full you on know, throws and a, full and a, on fully. Fully Full on pretend throws though. Oh yeah, like but still, but still got still a, launching. I still got a kick yeah. in the head, and, you know. I kind of, you know, like a yeah. bruise, like like bruising. I got, I got, you know, um, cracked ribs. You know? Yeah, right. Oh yeah, it was full on. I mean, you know, we were having to kind of. It was a full ring, you know. This the one in Dubbo Championship Wrestling was a kind of like cod ring. Uh, it looked like a ring, but it wasn't a sprung floor. Uh, it wasn't yeah. as big as a wrestling ring. The ropes uh, weren't set up properly. You know, I, I mean, the the one in 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 Trafford Tansy was a real wrestling ring, so you could really yeah, cool. throw yourself into it. You know, what um, was you? Did you have and, a name? Yeah, I was in, I was Dean Rebel in Trafford Tansy. <laughs> and Di Smith, Di Smith, who you might know as an actor, she she was in it as well, and we got we had to wrestle three rounds of pretty. Solid wrestling, you know, and it was choreographed, but it was still, yeah. you know, there were still moments where we, 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 you know, like we had to actually do the you know, real proper throws and stuff like that. Whereas the wrestling in Dubbo Championship wrestling was all absolutely kind of staged, you know. Yeah. Um, well, had, you had some wonderful yeah, choreographed fighting. Yeah, the, the yeah. dance, yeah, yeah. The, the dance routines with the lovers in there was a very good mix that, of wrestling. I mean, that and, yeah. extraordinary because that was stylized and it yeah. was. The, the 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 actors that did that 
were, were just stunning. You know, like their their physical abilities were extraordinary. As you as you as you witnessed, it was yeah. um, uh, amazing. And that fight choreography was was mind blowing. I used yeah. to watch it every night. And just go, Jesus Christ! Mm. I mean, it was very, it was very romantic so too. It was romantic. I think. Yeah. 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 Romantic fight. Yeah, exactly. One of the <laughs> toughest jobs I've ever done. We had two, three weeks to rehearse a two-hour show, mm. not including interval, um, with dancing, singing, wrestling. You know, and I'm I'm not a I'm not a dancer. You know, so the uh, the choreographer for me is always a punish. You know, <laughs> so the, the comic relief. The comic relief, John O'Connell, who's a very famous Australian choreographer, you know, he's choreographed J-Lo and, you know, all these various people in movies and stuff like that. I was, when I started doing Keating, he was the choreographer on Keating and I walked into the room and he goes, oh, you, I thought you had a no chore clause. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I can't dance. Okay. it's not up there on my list. And everything I've ever done, for some reason, when I was living in the States, I was an extra in all these movies. Uh, that's yeah. when I was 20, around 21, 22. And um, I was doing a bit of extra work and getting on film sets and, you know, just learning and watching people. And I was always had to always had to dance. I was like, man, I'm the worst dancer in the world. I'm, I'm in this thing with a Sinatra. <laughs> I'm dan- they go, the camera goes past. I'm dancing in The Bodyguard. I'm dancing next to Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. And... We're spinning around with this as as they were first playing that song. I'll always love you on a jukebox. Myself and this girl are dancing around Costner and uh, Whitney Houston. But I'd keep turning her back every time the camera was over that way because I haven't seen you know my family haven't seen me for years. I've been travelling, so I was trying to get on all these movies. <laughs> About the third take, the girl goes, "How come you keep spinning me that way?" I said, "Well, I've got to get my parents to look at me." <laughs> yeah. I know, you know, you don't want to be you don't want to be one of those people that has that say, you know, like I was in the film, but you hit the cutting room floor. You know, you, yeah. you want to make your presence felt. You know, yeah, I was, I was cut from good. underbelly. I know you were in an underbelly. I was cut from that. Yeah. Are we? Yeah, yeah. You know, I played a, got to play oh, a dirty, happens, dirty yeah. cop, and I was like, ah, oh, that was the big scene, and it started off on me, and then I, I think the voiceover, it was one of those underbellies where they had the voiceover and the girls yeah. narrating it. And then as I'm yeah. watching it back, I'm thinking, hang on, she's saying everything I'm going to fucking say. So it got to me, and I didn't have to say it then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, uh, I was in a film called Little Fish, yeah, and I'm still in it, but only in the titles. <laughs> oh, it's the main bit. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You know, like uh, um, it's. I feel for those a, actors. A, I feel for the actors who were stormtroopers in Star Wars and shit like that. You don't see them at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, mm-hmm. I. It's funny because I when I was doing Howard, I had uh, a wig on, you know, and and glasses and stuff like that, in Keating. Yeah. And um, my dad came to see the show in Perth after the. Uh, there was a, we had a season at the Octagon for the uh, Perth Festival, and uh, he came and saw it. And he said, uh, you, "We can't tell it to you because you, you've got your wig and glasses on." So from that point on, I ripped off my wig and glasses and came out. <laughs> and Neil goes, "What are you, what are you taking your wig off for?" I said, "So people know who I am, Neil." once upon a time uh like you look at tv now morning tv they they cut the people being interviewed in their lounge rooms and you think and if if you did that before covid 
it became a thing with I think with COVID that the interviews were you know were crossing to somebody from their house rather than sending out a crew and all that. But if you did that any time before COVID, it'll be like, what sort of bullshit amateur production is this? Mm-hmm. Now it's just part and parcel. Well, I think people have realised that COVID opened the door for saving a shitload of money on production costs mm. and casting services and all sorts of things. You know, like every most castings I do now for films and television are at home. So I, I hate them. I hate them. Do you hate them or not? Well, you know, it's funny because, uh, and if there's any casting people listening, don't take this the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. but when you do it yourself, you just do your thing. Yeah. And I've had more callbacks and more reactions and and uh, and jobs out of doing it that way right. than just about anything before. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the time, unless the director's in the room, you, you, the casting person is trying to second guess what the director wants, and the casting director's then also, who's not a director so much, is trying to mm. get you to do something that. They don't have the director's skill about how to kind of, well, you know. That, that's, it's worked, it's worked the that, other way for me. I've, I preferred going in and then yeah, I, I did have a callback for something. So I drove all the way to Sydney because I knew it was a callback to to meet the, uh, yeah, yeah. the the casting, actually the director. So I went all the way back into Sydney, got into the uh, the casting office and he was yeah. actually in, he was actually in Melbourne on a Zoom anyway. And they said, oh, you should have told us. You could have stayed at home. I said, oh, I thought he was going to be here. Thought, uh-huh. So out of that, I've actually gone in to do a Zoom. A Zoom in someone else's the, lounge room. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily I got the part, so oh, I was all right. Yeah. You, oh, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, over the last two and a half, three years or whatever it is, it's been a very, very odd time. I don't like all the miming that you have to do in castings. That's the, you know, when – if. I think a part is different. A part for a series may be a little meatier yeah. that you have lines and you can react and maybe build something. But when you just got to make yeah. out you're biting a hamburger, which isn't in your hand, and then yeah, yeah, out, I just I fucking hate it. I don't know why. Well, that's the thing. I'm not a trained mime artist, you know. Yeah. So, like for instance, you know, sometimes you're in a casting session, and um, you know, you're you're in a war with in a room with grey carpet up the walls and it's like a cold room. Mm. Um, there's nothing in it. Mm. And then they say, now now, now, imagine you're in a busy city street and, all you, <laughs> this and, that, and you're like, or imagine you're climbing yeah. this mountain or whatever, mm. you know, and you kind of go, oh, fuck, I should have done, I should have done more of my Marcel Marceau what kind of practice. Maybe maybe you need to do that nowadays because of all this Marvel stuff and everything's green screened and you have to imagine all that shit now. Mm, you know? True. So. Well, it's funny. Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I mean, that's a different whole, different skill yeah. set. And, mm. uh, they can have that as far as I'm concerned. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not interested in acting in green screens, you know, mm. and, and, and... I'm knocking back the Marvel movies. Really? Not interesting. Be just, well, it'd just be a pain in the ass, I reckon. I, I, I don't, and I don't think I'd get them because I'd be like kind of yeah. going. Um, I, I just don't feel comfortable in that situation. You know, um, I, I don't, I've done green screen stuff before, but but it's just been a background. You know, mm. it's yeah. not fighting someone who's not there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Back, background's easy, but but actually, kind of going ha 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 ha. It's a, sort of, I, no I, can, I can see all that now. I, I never used to be able to see 
in these series, whether it's because TVs are so high definition now, whenever yeah. I look at every single person in a car, I just, yeah, yeah, look at that. It's green screen. I hate HD TV. I feel like it's... I do too. Yeah, I want old school. I want I want a flat I, screen. I want, like... <laughs> I want some grain, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I, I want some grain that says... No, this is this is not real. This is a television. What we have now is hyper real. I mean, I watch some sport, you know, like AFL or something, and it it actually looks like a video game. It's yeah. so high mm. definition. It's it's just kind of revolting. And there's so music much videos that, that look happens. almost like cheap Ugh. porn. Oh, no, porn! No, porn is gross, shocking on HD. You, know? you should never watch no, porn I, on HD. No, is. but I mean music videos <laughs> on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the lounge room where everyone's. Yeah, yeah. look, at, you can see every pimple, it's every a, crease. No, you don't need. It. Yeah, no, no, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, I reckon you know, like I reckon that's a fair admission to have on your live pod. That that you know that that, that and a helpful one too to to, to let. <laughs> This is research. It's all research. No, always go for the low grade kind of yeah. downloads. Go, go a couple, of, your... couple of years ago, Darren was there with his 3D glasses on. <laughs> go, go find yourself a VHS. <laughs> yeah. I think, there's, I think I there's, admit... there is a button you can you can change the movie mode, or, or somebody told me this on maybe some of those HD ones. You can actually change your mode so it has a different. Look like yeah, okay. like an old movie, and I think I watched yeah, Pulp yeah. Fiction I mean, once. Pulp Fiction at the theater was great, and then I watched it on yeah. HD, and they and they, now you got to somehow blur it or just it's too A bit too crisp. Too sharp, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, there's um, there's there's a whole number of controls on your on your you know streaming services that which will allow like ultra high definition screen streaming or mediocre and i often choose choose mediocre because i just kind of go yeah i'm like i don't mind a bit of grain i <laughs> love most of the movies on on there too that. most of the movies are mediocre on, on there. there's so many fucking films there's some brilliant stuff but there's yeah. also some utter utter garbage mm. you know we're just like oh my god you know there's a guy called harlan coburn who's a writer right the, the weird thing is is that but they're, they're starting to combine the large publishing companies are starting to even become like conglomerates, some corporate conglomerates themselves. As a result, um, they're only the, the 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 massive writers are getting more and more of a foothold. This guy Harlan Coben, who's a crap writer, is getting a lot of his stuff from books, which are crap books with product placement all through them and all sorts of stuff with, you know, everything so tied up incredibly perfectly at the end so that every question is answered. You know, there's yeah. never a doubt in your mind that it's the, in what might be going on. And he well, we, now... we would never, just so you know, we would never stoop that low. By the way, you can check out Vanessa Larry Mitchell at vanessalarrymitchell.com.au. Okay, keep going, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the, his his work is now being made worldwide. Different books being covered by you know um, Italian companies, British companies. I mean, British companies doing this crap American writing, and it's it's just a damn shame because what's happening is is that the the concept of quality television is is slowly being eroded by 
the corporatization of it, you know, and I, I, I just find it really sad. I started to watch something recently on the BBC, BBC show and um, suddenly realised it was a Harlan Coben thing with some of the episodes written by his wife. And I was just going, this is just so fucking pat. Oh, oh my God. The killer not only knows the, the, his victim's daughter, but is somehow married to into that family at the same time. You know, it was all this sort of... Is it a bit every, Mills and Booney, is it, or not? Well, not only that, but every character is somehow interconnected. Every character. And it, it, it just, I, I just got to a point where I just went, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I, I watch. I start watching a series, and I feel like I've got to end it. Yeah, I got a bit of that. Which is which is why I don't now go back. Like I've never seen Breaking Bad, and people are oh, you got to watch Breaking Bad. I saw I saw one. Ep- I saw the last one just for the, for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, I avoided that for a long time, and then got. Uh, but it's it is bloody good. It is mm. bloody good. It's like it's like uh, Better Call Saul is also. Mm. Especially the first four seasons are just seriously. Well, see, when you work. say that first so four well seasons, done. if I've if I've got to go back and now watch four seasons, I'm like, no, oh, god, that's it's hard work. It's really yeah, not. Much of a, not much of a binger, mate. That's only a couple of yeah. days' effort on my. You just got to fucking end. sit there, Darren. Well, got <laughs> got a, sit there, Darren, on the couch. I got a girlfriend. Turn got your girl- porn off. Put your bloody. <laughs> I got Netflix a girlfriend. I got a girlfriend, and if we start watching, put your massage oil away, mate, and just, just <laughs> get your hand off it. <laughs> if we start and, watching and, something, and put on a, you know, like get yourself fairly in close proximity to a kettle, yeah, and a coffee machine. I've got all that. I'm just saying, if you start watching a series with a girlfriend, and one of you goes ahead and start yeah. watching, and then all of a sudden it. it it starts to tree out the I'm I'm so many episodes ahead of you and it's that's breakup stuff, you know. Um I've got a friend I've got a friend who he goes away and he watches movies and then when he comes yeah. back he doesn't tell his, his wife this and he's gotta make yeah. out he has gotta make out he's never seen that movie, so they watch it together. Just- they sound like really stable relationships. <laughs> no, but it's, 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 when you're away from, from your partner for some mm. time, you you end up it's like I've been a few flights recently. I've got some movies on the plane, but I'm thinking, oh, I can't watch this now. So I end up watching some shit just so I can watch the movie I want to watch with my girlfriend. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to fake it. I don't want to fake it with her. I totally, I'm totally with you, Darren. I mean, that's that's the weird thing, isn't it? Sometimes you do like to share good movies with people mm. you like, you know. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with that, you know. And I, I'm also in this situation sometimes where I'm watching something with. Um, a girlfriend who's we're watching it together, but different different houses. You know, it's like with that, with that. Well, you just said with a girlfriend, so you're not have a girlfriend. now, it's just anybody's a girlfriend, not the girlfriend or your girlfriend. It's just a no, nah, no, nah, just a, a number of girlfriends. <laughs> I <have to> watch, <laughs> watch movies with. You know what I mean? Yeah. My son and I watched a movie. We had to share a hotel room, so we're in separate yeah. beds, and we both had our laptops and our headphones. So he made sure that we pressed play at exactly the same moment. Like he kept having to do it. No, it's a second out. Hang on, we'll do it again. So that it was exact. Really? So that our reactions are at the same time, and we'd look over when there was a good bit. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He really. Wa- that's how much he wanted to watch it. That's how much he wanted to watch it with me. Yeah. I do that How on planes too. Yeah, he's fourteen. 
He's fourteen. Okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a very. I think it's important for kids to know how clever their mums are, and if. If 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 he's if you're not absolutely in sync, you might be giving him a false laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seem crazy. Mum doesn't get it at all. She just laughed because I laughed. <laughs> yeah, she laughed too late. Fucking idiot. <laughs> God, how embarrassing! How embarrassing! Yeah. Well, Terry, look, I think we've taken up uh, so much of your time over the last two days. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got all the technicals technicals sorted out. It must be the time of day that's better for us to to do these. Do you know what up. else I think? Yeah. This and I hate to make this admission, but my housemate isn't at home and yesterday he was and he was probably gaming. Oh, there you go. So that might have been Yeah, my... you all seemed all right though. You just never know though, do you? It can be the weather or yeah. anything. I still reckon it was probably Darren had left. It was probably definition. Upstairs. Anal, high definition anal running <laughs> at the lounge room. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it do you prove, is it gay port gay <laughs> Every every everything, mate. You gotta like, you know, it's, it's like if you're an artist, you gotta watch every type of movie, you know. Do you watch subtitled movie? Uh, Otherwise, how will you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You want me to keep that bit in the, the podcast, don't you now? You're not gonna listen back and go, I bet he's gonna cut that bit out. Fearless, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. We've got nothing to hide. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, l- links to all the different porn will be on the uh, podcast uh, notes, so you can just uh, click on and, and go all through all the things, our, our recommendations for all these movies. and <laughs> LGBTQI, it's all going to be there, like uh, links for, for every in, preference. It's all you inclusive. You think of it, all we've inclusive. got it. We've got you, it covered. You think of it, someone else has already done it, guaranteed. Totally. Absolutely. There used to be this guy. I used to live in Elizabeth Bay, and my friend Nick Conroy was lived around the corner, and um, they had a constant uh, kind of amusing, um, kind of what I suppose what you'd call interaction and sightings. A gentleman they called Baby Man, who used to love wearing nappies, and sort of sneaking out of the out of his apartment and 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 down the stairs and trying not to get caught but when he did get sort of caught almost sort of being delighted by it, scurrying away you know like it was uh, crawling know, <laughs> crawling back to the apartment you know, with, his, <laughs> with his dummy in you know, with his dummy in and his nappy i don't know <laughs> I find nothing wrong with wearing diapers, adult diapers. I think that's perfect. And I've always said this, but if you go to those concerts that go for four hours or those big festivals where you're sitting in the in a crowd of thousands of people and that and you can't go to the bathroom, what's better than just standing there? You can just shit there? yourself. <laughs> Darren, I was going to just about to invite you to a festival. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you've got a website with all your uh, upcoming gigs and bits and pieces on there. Well, my website, yeah, it's uh, currently the my dear friend uh, who looks after my website. Her, she's her family has got some issues at the moment, and she's looking after them. And sadly, my website is a little bit out of date currently, so I'm waiting for her to get. Uh, her family get well so she can get back on the case. But, yeah, I do have a website, terryserio.com.au. But also, you know, uh, Instagram, Terry Serio, Facebook, yep. Terry Serio, and Terence C. Serio. Um, yep. 
So all of my stuff's around. We'll put all those, all those links will be in the show notes as well. Thanks yeah. again for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Vanessa. Thank, thanks, Darren. I, um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad we got the uh, second shot at it because yesterday yeah. was kind of, kind yeah. of frustrating. But uh, yeah. 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 Thanks. Thanks, right. Vanessa. Thanks, Cheers. Darren. Thank you. Right. Nice to meet you. See ya. Bye. Well, we finally got there. I mean, that's that's our first episode that's taken multiple days to do. But uh, but committed came, to the cause. Well, it came together in the end, um, which is nice. And I, and I learned a new word, iconography. Okay. I didn't write down any new words. Are you going to use oh. it in a sentence now, Darren? Go. <laughs> I said I learned a new word. I didn't understand <laughs> Yeah. <it>. Just heard <laughs> it. You didn't learn it. You heard it. Big yeah. difference. Yeah. No, he was great to chat to. Terry, he's a nice, yeah, easy going yeah. bloke. Yeah, good that he was stuck at home. So he yeah. <laughs> had a bit of time. That's all we've got to do is find guests with COVID. They have seem to have a lot of time on their hands. Yeah. Well, it's nice to know that he's not getting rattled by it too. If we're going to get another round of COVID, I don't want to get too sick. But I've been I've been sick before. I'm a doodler. Yeah. Ciao. Well, those astute listeners who watched Happy Days many more times than I did would know that it wasn't Fonzie on the car who got hit in the Malachi Crunch. It was, in fact, Pinky Tuscadero. 